You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a diet rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are, how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't want to miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. If you're newer to lifting or maybe just newer to lifting heavy, at some point you're going to wonder exactly how long is it going to take for me to see results from lifting. So maybe you're somebody who, whether you just started testing the waters or you started doing some maybe like CrossFit or boot camps at your gym, or you found some workouts online here on YouTube or on Pinterest or something like that. Maybe you're starting to lift, you're loving it, but you're not seeing all those miraculous results that everyone else claims that they're seeing from lifting. And you're like, what is the deal? If that's you, then make sure you stick around because today we're gonna talk about eight reasons why you may not be seeing results from your lift. So if that's something that you wanna hear more about, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss any more of these videos and hit the bell to be notified every time I release a new video, which I release one every single week to help you on your journey. Reason number one is that you still aren't lifting heavy enough. Maybe that's you, maybe it's not, but let me explain a little bit because maybe I just insulted you because you're like, look, the weight's heavy, right? Like I pick it up, it's heavy, I do the work, I feel the burn, what is heavy enough? So I'm gonna give you a few caveats to figure out what is heavy for one person may not be heavy for someone else. So one of the things to keep in mind is that your body parts all require different weights. So say you're doing a workout, I was gonna say DVD, but that would date me, a an on-demand workout on the interwebs. If you're doing some type of workout that you found online, maybe here on YouTube or something like that, something that's on-demand where maybe it's a very fast-paced workout and they just tell you at the beginning to just grab a couple of you know sets of weights, like, okay, we're gonna get one light and one heavyweight. Typically, that means that sometimes you're going to be hitting the nail on the head and other times it's going to be you're going to be missing the nail so it's going to be very hit or miss because something that is very heavy for your shoulders say i don't know what's heavy for your shoulders 20 pounds 30 pounds 40 pounds maybe something that is actually really light for a bigger body part like your back your legs, your glutes. So typically the bigger the muscle, the heavier the load that it can handle, the smaller the muscle, the lighter load that it can handle. So where you may not be able to make leaps and bounds of increasing your weight for say your shoulders, you should be able to progress pretty smoothly, pretty rapidly, pretty steadily for something like your legs, your back, or your chest. When you're seeing those jumps, if you don't have the weights to be able to make those incremental jumps, then that's where the problem is going to lie. Because if you're say, if 15 pounds is heavy to you at the beginning of a phase, then you should probably be somewhere around 20, 25 pounds for that same muscle group, considering if it's a bigger muscle group by the end of the phase. So every four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 
you should be seeing strength gains and increases, especially if you're eating a sufficient amount of food and eating enough protein and you're in a periodized workout plan. So when you're working out in a way that is periodized, meaning it's changing things up every four to six weeks or so, you should be seeing some changes in your strength. So one of the ways to measure this is that whenever you're doing a workout phase, if the workout program calls for, let's say 10 reps, and you choose a weight that you feel like you can do 10 reps with, but as you're doing your reps, you get to 10 and you feel like, I think I have a couple more reps left in the tank. Try it out and see. If you only have one or two more reps left in the tank, then the weight was probably perfect. If you have three to five reps left in the tank, then you need to pick up a heavier weight the next time. So that's one of the biggest ways that I would say to kind of have that intuitive judgment of whether or not a weight is heavy or not for you. So it's heavy enough if you can't do more than two reps beyond what the program that you're doing is requiring. It is too heavy if you can't, if you're falling two reps short of what that particular one requires. If you can do well above and beyond, if you can do three or more reps past the actual required amount of reps, your weight is too light, it is time to increase. So when that comes to a smaller muscle, that means that perhaps using something as simple as weightlifting gloves or something like that can help you to add that extra like half a pound to the actual movement. Not weightlifting gloves as in the ones that help you not get calluses, but the ones that actually have weight weighted gloves. <laughs> so just specifying there. Something like that can help you to increase if jumping the next two and a half, five pounds or whatever is too much of an increase. But make sure that you're always pushing yourself on those lifts not to the point of absolute failure all the time, but like I say, with still having only one to two reps left in the tank. The second that it goes beyond that, if you just continue stopping at the appointed time, just because the workout plan says that, but you have more reps in the tank, then pretty much you're no longer challenging yourself. And if you're not challenging yourself, you're not gonna see the results that you want from that particular program. So reason number two, why you might not be seeing results from your workout plan, from lifting heavy. So maybe you got number two, uh, the first one down and you're crushing it. You're like, I'm lifting super heavy. I'm always right with it. I don't have one, more than one to two reps left in the tank. The second reason why you may not be seeing results is because you're basing your results on a scale number. So if you're judging your progress by a scale number, that could be hindering you. So one of the first things that I would say when it comes to looking for results from any program, and this actually probably should have been number one or should have been the caveat to all of this, is know what results that you're looking for. Are you looking to build muscle? Are you looking to gain strength? Are you looking to lose fat? Are you looking for greater power or endurance? These are all separate goals. So not every goal can be judged in the same way. So for this particular one, if you are judging your results based on a scale number, that could lead you astray. So for example, I often hear, you know, from ladies who are lifting and maybe, you know, they're aiming for fat loss, but they're saying things like, I must be doing something wrong. Like I should have lost, you know, five pounds by now or X amount of stress sizes by now. And my gut reaction is like, says who? Like, how are you determining how many 
pounds you should have lost or how many dress sizes that you should have lost or how much you know you should be up or down within a year are you basing that on the way that things were you know in your older like dieting past like maybe before you started incorporating weights that could be an issue if you're judging this new journey of like i'm gonna lift i'm gonna build this muscle and get toned and all these things you can't judge it by the same linear journey which is essentially make-believe anyways that diets have led us to believe so yes there will always be tweaks that you know that you'll want to make but you also want to be looking at all of the other factors as far as your results so say for instance fat loss is your goal then one of the things that you want to make sure that you're doing is looking at all of the things that allude to the fat that you are losing fat so that means taking measurements that means taking pictures that means getting body composition scans which are more readily available than most people think or caliper testing if somebody near you has that like actually tracking the body fat because if the result that you're looking for is a loss in body fat then that is the method that you should be tracking because losing weight on a scale can mean multiple things it could simply mean that you're dehydrated so you that's not something that you want to celebrate because that's going to have you underperform in the gym and then you're not going to get the results that you want anyway so if you're only looking for scale results then you may find yourself coming up short because of the fact that scale results especially if you're somebody who has dieted in the past typically came from doing lots of exercise, especially cardio type exercises and eating very little food. These are all things that if you're somebody who is like lifting and trying to lose fat, that would not be as much of a priority for you. Because if you're lifting and trying to lose fat, that means that you're trying to protect your metabolism. You're trying to preserve muscle mass and those things, muscle mass requires food and doing, you know, not eating enough food can make your body start to eat away at your muscle mass, which would make the scale go down. But that also means your metabolism is going down. So that's not a good thing. But also if you start to do too much of like cardiovascular stuff, because you want to see the scale go down again, that could just be because you are dehydrated or you're losing water. Or again, that your body has moved into a what's called a catabolic state, which means your body is letting go of your muscle mass, which is never something that you want to do if you are trying to lift weights and lose fat. So remember, fat loss is not the same as weight loss. I know I've talked about that in plenty of other videos, so you can make sure that you check those out for more. But my case that I'm trying to make here is that there are so many women that I see who their scale can sit at the same way for full six months to a year, but they will look completely different at the end of that year, if they were lifting heavy enough, eating enough protein, eating enough food, like if they were hitting their macros and lifting in a way that caused a body composition change, that is fat loss. And zero things have happened on the scale because what's been happening along the way is some fat has been lost, some muscle has been gained, and the entire composition of the way that their body looks has changed in the process. So if you're constantly judging your progress by that number on the scale, you may find that you end up chasing your tail in the long run because the things that make the scale go down are not always conducive to fat loss, even though yes, 
sometimes the scale can and will likely move when you're losing fat, but it's just being too caught up in it in the day to day can cause you to make very irresponsible movements like in that moment and tweak things way too soon when you are actually about to see results. So one of the things that you want to keep in mind there is that, like I say, taking those other measures into account, making sure that you're getting your actual measurements, like girth measurements, making sure that you're taking pictures, making sure that you're listening. If people are complimenting or saying something like, wow, look how defined your arms are, or, you know, your spouse or significant other is saying like, oh my gosh, like your butt's so high now, or whatever the case may be, or you just simply feel good in your clothes. You look leaner when you look in the mirror. Don't allow that scale to dictate anything when all of those factors are showing you otherwise, because of the fact that when you go shopping, your clothing size is based on inches. It's not based on a measurement that came from a scale. So no one is walking around asking you how much you weigh for the sake of telling you how good you look. People may say, how much weight have you lost? And oftentimes when you lose fat, you will hear that a lot where someone will be like, oh my gosh, how much weight have you lost? And you'll be like, none. So instead of seeing that as, oh my gosh, I haven't lost any weight, like this isn't working. That is confirmation that it is working and that you don't need to change a thing because you are seeing results from lifting. Reason number three, why you may not be seeing results is kind of connected to the reason number two. And that is that you're retaining water. I know. Yeah, yeah, we're all tired of this excuse, right? But let's face it. If you are lifting, you're retaining water, period. End of story, muscle without water is jerky. So if you are lifting, if you are doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing and you're changing up your routine every four weeks or so, you're going to retain more water. That is going to show on the scale. Sometimes it's going to show a lot on the scale because sometimes you are retaining lots of water, especially at the beginning of a new phase. Every time you switch phases, you're retaining water. So that's something that on the scale can seem like a bad thing, but typically the same workouts that cause that excess water retention, that pulling of lactic acid into the muscles for repair are the things that are speeding up your metabolic rate and actually helping you to lose more fat. So if you're constantly running away from water retention, then you're probably running away from the things that are actually going to make the biggest impact in your journey. So if you're lifting weights, if you're doing lots of like hit high intensity interval training, then you want to consider that that is going to end up being the cherry on top of your water retention Sunday. So if you are doing lots of lifting, doing lots of hit, that is water retention all day long. So you're typically going to hold about anywhere from three to five pounds of water, probably at all times, which is not a big deal. And like I say, as soon as you have a rest week, then you'll probably see the difference. The, you'll have a whoosh and you'll go right back down to wherever you were before. And then the second that you start lifting again, it'll go back up. But again, that is only the scale. What is happening is still happening regardless of whether or not you are whooshing that water weight out from your lifting and hit workouts. Now, there are things that you could do to kind of like help it out a little bit, like throwing in a little bit of steady state cardio in order to help flush any like your legs if you tend to hold a lot of water there. But but in general, if you're doing things to constantly attack the water retention, 
then you're probably not paying attention to the bottom line. So again, if doing a little bit of cardio helps your legs to flush out from like a heavy leg day, but you make the connection of the cardio is causing the scale to go down, then you stop doing the leg day, which is the actual metabolic work. And you start only doing the cardio, which like I say, you may get that original whoosh, but over time, that's not giving you the bang for the buck factor when it comes to your metabolism that lifting does. So water weight is, you know, it's a beast that we're dealing with. The more muscle mass that you have, the more muscle mass that you build, the more water that you will retain at all times. Like I said, unless you're on a rest week, or if you've been doing the same workout plan for three to four weeks or so. And typically that's right around the time that you should be switching things up anyways, which means that the scale is not going to be a super reliable source when it comes to actually figuring out if you're progressing. So does this mean that you have to give all, you know, the scale dreams a rest? Maybe in the short term. What tends to happen is that typically once ladies relax into that fact and they're not so bothered by the day-to-day of the scale, the day-to-day of the water retention, they're not spending all of their time tweaking their diet, tweaking their exercise, doing all these things to flush the water out. That tends to happen a little bit more naturally because one of the things that we don't tend to realize is that stress causes a ton of water retention. So if you're constantly stressing about your water retention, you're actually going to add more water retention. And then all of the maneuvering of the diet and exercise just makes things get even crazier. So if you are totally concerned about it and you're wondering if it's from the lifting that's causing the water retention, take a few days off of lifting anywhere up to a week and see what happens. If the scale goes back down, make a bigger connection, not the connection that lifting made you gain weight, but the connection that you're just holding on to water because of the fact that you're lifting. So that's just something to take into consideration as far as reading the scale and seeing that progress. And as far as thinking that you're not making progress because of the fact that you're retaining that water. So sometimes that can be an issue when it comes to your pictures as well. So if you're doing the things that I said in the last tip of taking the pictures and taking the measurements, and maybe you're retaining a ton of water because you're doing lifting workouts on top of HIIT workouts on top of lifting workouts, and you're not really giving your body a break from the anaerobic work, you could have, you know, pumped quite a bit of water into your system. So just giving it a break for a little bit to be able to see the progress sometimes is all you need to keep going. But that doesn't mean that the progress isn't happening all the time. So that is something to think about, especially if you're somebody who tries to wear jeans after leg day, your legs might be a little bit more swollen, maybe stick to leggings on leg day, so that you're not doubting and like what is happening? Why are my legs getting bigger? Because it'll go back down after a little while. Another reason why you may not be seeing results from your workouts is that you're not doing compound movements. So this goes back into the movement aspect. So the same way that you may not be seeing results if you're not lifting heavy enough, another Another reason why you may not be seeing results is because you're you're lifting but you're not doing compound movement compound movements are things that work multiple body parts at once so instead of say a lateral raise which is only working one part of your shoulder you would be doing a overhead press when you're doing an overhead press you're also working your triceps you're working your shoulders it's working multiple things at once so when multiple joints are involved in a movement then 
you're going to get more out of that movement. The same thing goes for a bicep curl versus doing a pull-up. A bicep curl is only one movement. You're only doing this. You're isolating the movement. That is an isolation move. A compound movement is a pull-up where you're here and you're pulling up. You're still working that bicep, but in the meantime, you're also working your forearms, you're working your back muscles, you're working multiple things at once instead of just isolating the bicep muscle. A lot of times when women first start getting into lifting, they're doing a lot of biceps, triceps, you know, maybe some like glute work or something like like that or calf raises, you know, crunches, things of that nature that only work one thing. If you are able to prioritize movements that are compound, that are working multiple muscle groups at once, hitting multiple joints at once, you're going to get a bigger bang for the buck from that movement. Does that mean that you can't do bicep curls and tricep kickbacks and all the like? Of course not. You can still do those things. Just consider them accessories to the actual, the main chunk of the workout. And so whenever you're having, if you're getting a plan from somebody else and there's a mixture of compound and isolation moves on there, if you ever had to cut the workout short, the parts that you would cut out would be that isolation work because of the fact that the compound move is gonna hit multiple things at once. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmoretowayless.com slash start. See you next time.